You're now tuned into the Fully Booked Podcast with Mace, French and Pox. Enjoy the listen. Where to go? Tell me where to go. What's going on, guys? How you doing, man? How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm excited to to chat it up with you guys for a little while today. It's of course you have your Eastern time. Yeah, yeah. Middle of the day over here. Perfect, man. Yeah. Yeah, good. So, uh, do you guys want to do some introductions? And yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get it set, man. So, um. Uh, welcome to another episode of Fully Booked Quarantine Editions. Myself, you're here with myself, Mace. Um, yourself, myself, myself, Andrew. <laughs> Sorry, French. It's usually usually you go first. Apologies. All oh, right, yeah. You want to start again or just keep it rolling? Keep it rolling, man. Yeah, cool. And uh, yeah, go ahead, Mace. Yeah, so myself, Mace. French, Pox, and then obviously we've got the special guest here, um, Nick, Nicholas Hutchinson. If you don't mind me calling out your full government. Yeah, no, I don't care at all. Okay, and I know on Instagram, you go by the name of Book Thinkers. Is that spot on? Am I correct in, in uh, that? Yeah, yeah, Book Thinkers. Yeah, so the reason we brought you on, man, is because we're interested in, we've seen your content on Instagram, we're interested to, to find out a little bit more about you. So I don't know if you want to give us a backdrop into how you, you developed um, or your Instagram page and your brand book thinkers, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm 26 years old. I'm from Boston, Massachusetts, US. And uh, when I was going through college and all of high school and everything before that university, uh, I never read a book. I never wanted to read. I never thought it was cool. I didn't think it was popular. And uh, I, I took an internship right before I left college. And one of my mentors gave me a couple books to read. And they changed my life. And so ever since then, I've been reading a lot and consuming a lot of that good stuff. And uh, I haven't turned back. And I started the Instagram about two years ago. And it's just taken on a life of its own. It's, it's enabled me to connect with a lot of really cool people. Cool. What's your main What's my, way, my main what, sorry? Yeah, so I was going to say, so what's your, with the Instagram, with the reading books, what do you do you essentially break down the books um for people to, to and just kind of give your, your your breakdown of books i know there's something i might be mistaken but i'm sure there's something as well where you do some kind of development or something like that yeah so uh when i read a book i like to share my takeaways with other people so i'll do one or two of my biggest takeaways from each book that i read and then i try to create discussion for people in my community so that they can maybe discover that book and, and, and maybe they like my takeaways so they want to read it themselves or I'll ask a question about whatever the subject is. So if it's a book on leadership, maybe I'll start some discussion with people about what does valuable leadership mean to you or something like that. And uh, I also just like to learn about what people's favorite books are. So mm -hmm. if I put like a question out there, hey, what's your favorite book on entrepreneurship and 20 people say something that I've never heard of, then I start to pay attention to it. Um, I've been well. We've been following your account for a while, and um, when I realised we're actually having a discussion, obviously with yourself today, I recall that you were learning Spanish, and I think you were doing so by reading a particular book or books. Am I right in saying so? 
Yeah, you are. And it's been very difficult for me. But yeah, I was reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert okay. Kiyosaki in Spanish. Okay. Padre rico, padre pobre. And uh, <laughs> I remember you. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, it was fun. And I've, tra I've traveled to a lot of Spanish speaking countries, which has helped, but I still can't speak Spanish yet. Not fluent. Okay, okay, okay. Well, that's a shame, actually. I was actually going to ask you how you've been getting on, but you've... Well, I've been... I'm, I'm still doing it every day. Uh, I have an app on my phone. It's called Duolingo. Okay, I know. And uh, every day I do some Spanish lessons. So it's taken me a long time, but I can sit down at a restaurant and order food and ask questions and meet people. Uh, but I'm not all the way there yet. Because I was, I was interested, obviously. When, when I saw you, I saw you um, going about, obviously, learning Spanish in... In that way, I mean, I've, I've actually got a book in Spanish, actually, but I'm very tentative and sometimes I'm not fully engaged in actually reading a book in that sometimes you obviously prefer maybe the English translation just to the side of it. So just wanted to know, I mean, how have you found them? Yeah, I prefer the English translations just because I understand every word. You know, you get into a subject like Rich Dad, Poor Dad is a, is a real estate and personal finance book. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those words in Spanish are not common words that you would learn or use in everyday life. Yeah. So I prefer the English translations and uh, it's just because I don't understand everything yet. But I think as I continue to learn Spanish, I'll start to read easier books and I'll start to, you know, like children's books or something. <laughs> and, uh, you know, no, I'm that, that, that's a good suggestion. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm actually doing the same thing. I'm trying to learn Spanish myself. Um, I've been trying to do it for the last year and a half now. This year, I'll be honest, I have, I've kind of fallen off the wagon, so to speak. So I need to get back on it. But I think that looking at children's books is a good suggestion. So that's something I'm going to look into. What I've French. been doing myself... Do you speak French? Me? Yeah, do you speak French? Not at all. I can only <laughs> speak English. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm learning Spanish. I, do you know what I use? I use Netflix and I watch a lot of programs in Spanish on Netflix, which helps uh, understand the language as well. That's a good idea. I was going to ask you, in regards to, it's like, if this is a quarantine uh, episode, what, is there any books that you've been like, I guess, promoting or suggesting for people to kind of read at this moment in time? that can help them through, through this time that we're, we're having? Yeah, good question. Absolutely. Um, there's a book by Ed Milet. It's called Max Out Your Life. And he has a little quote in the book where he says that it's not the most motivated people that win, it's the most consistent. And so I've seen now that people aren't going to work every day and they have all this extra time on their hands, they're defaulting to bad habits like Netflix or, you know, like uh, just bad social media, stuff that's not valuable to them. And they lost their morning routines. They're not doing the gym workouts anymore because they can't go to the gym. So they're not doing it at home. And it's like, so I recommend some books like that that teach you about habits. I also really like The Morning, uh, The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod, which teaches you about the importance of a morning routine. And so I think while we're all quarantined, we just need to be consistent and you need to stay in your routines because it's the most consistent people that win it's not the most motivated when when things get crazy and quarantine happens if you just keep your routines going then you keep up your momentum so that those are the kind of books that i've been recommending have you guys found anything yourselves that that has helped a lot during quarantine 
definitely taking Netflix off anyway. I mean, that's something I did, I think, maybe a week and a half ago because um, I found um, I was finding myself, I would have highs in terms of being productive and then my lows, obviously, coincidentally and not surprisingly, would, be, would involve watching a lot of Netflix. So taking yeah. Netflix away. Um, but I have found going for like a walk actually helps with my mind. But at the same time, oddly enough, I mean, I've been having conversation with with French and Mason as well. I, I'm trying to write a, a book at this moment in time, and I find I'm actually writing a lot of my book um, whilst I'm walking. Um, so yeah, going for a walk, whether it's first thing in the morning or last thing at night, has been very, very say, beneficial to myself. And so, hey, real quick, how do you so how do you do that while you're walking? Do you take physical notes and then write later, or do you like do a voice recording? No, I've had loads of different voice recordings before. So I'm going to say I'm probably at the, the final, final stages, obviously, in writing my book. And I've got maybe a number of maybe bullet points. And what I may do is I may look over those bullet points probably about, say, five, ten minutes before I leave. And then I'll go for the walk. And I might give it a minute or two. And then things will start to, um, I mean, flowing, really, as to um, what I should be writing about. Whereas at the moment in time, in being at home, I find I'm a bit trapped actually yeah. and I feel my thoughts are not not as free or as flowing as they should be but when I'm out um obviously you're seeing different things um you're breathing in fresh air etc cetera, etc cetera. so I've just found it beneficial really it wasn't it's not conventional but it's working yeah I like that too I've been going for a lot of long walks and I listen to audiobooks when I walk yeah because I can really like focus in on the audiobook and uh, so I've been listening to, it's my second time through the book, but Steve Jobs by Walter Isaacson. And it's all about Apple from like the early days. And uh, I just find it so fascinating. So yeah, I like going on long walks too. And it's nice to do that during quarantine. What's your, what's your preference? Uh, audio books or a actual book in hand? Yeah, two, two thirds of the books that I read are books in my hand, a physical book, paper. And then one third or audio. I don't use uh, like a Kindle or anything like that. And I like having the physical books too, because even if I listen to a book, I'll get the physical book so that if there are like graphics in the book, I can read them and understand them or I can use it for social media content too. Yeah. But I like, uh, I like physical books. Yeah. Me and you both. Me and you both. Yeah. Nice. No, I was going to say, going back to, and I know why you said that, because you, you mentioned before you like having the actual texture, the fabric of the book in your hand. Yeah, um, Going back to your question before, and you asked about kind of the books that we were looking, that we've reading or we're looking at reading. We've ordered a book called, um, so in a time like this, it really brings everything back into perspective. The quarantine period, there's like people dying, there's like a lot of people getting seriously ill, and you start to bring everything back to focus in terms of what's needed. So we've actually ordered a book called um, Minimalist, and we just, we're going to actually read that. Yeah, it's, I it's read a, it. It's a good book. read it. Yeah, we're going to yeah. go through it because I think I've had, I've had a conversation with the boys, and I've just said, like, at a time like this, I was just saying to them, like, all, the, all your fancy watches, jewellery, it means nothing. It's just about health, it's about family, and it's about survival. And I think, hopefully, that book that we've ordered will kind of detail and bring back home those kind of root things as to why we're here, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I see French just held it up. I've got that book too. I read it a couple of years ago. One of my buddies, uh, his name is Derek. That's his favorite, one of his favorite books. And minimalism is important. Like, 
you know, I don't have too many possessions outside of clothing and books, you know, and uh, people collect a lot of really dumb stuff and you spend a lot of money on really dumb stuff. And, you know, I've, I've done it too. Like I bought a nice car and, uh, but now I look at it, I'm like, I don't even use it during this period of time because there's nowhere to go and it just sit, it sits there and collects dust. So I'm all about minimalism. I really like that style of life. Yeah. Yeah. I had that. Yeah. Um, you, you've read a number of books, obviously, just like ourselves, and I wanted to get, obviously, maybe some of your, I mean, you're taking it, or or maybe takeaway points based on those books. So I've written down probably, I'd say, five books. So books that I'm personally going to read at some point, So or I have, actually. Um, Atomic Habits. I mean, just a brief, maybe, takeaway point on that. Yeah, Atomic Habits, James Clear. It's a really good book. I think it's important to have solid habits every single day. And that book is very practical. So he, rec- he recommends a lot of things that you can implement immediately. Uh, one thing that I really liked out of that book was habit stacking. So okay. like if there's something that you want to be doing, but you don't love it, add it to an existing activity that you already love and like stack them on top of each other. Right. So like uh, if you're eating healthy, you know, mm. but you also you know, and you, maybe you like desserts or thing and you always are finding yourselves eating desserts, make sure that the only way you can have dessert is if you eat healthy first. So it's like stacking them together. And I really like that book. I think it's pretty pa- uh, practical. What about you guys? Any uh, big, Oh, well, you haven't read it yet. You said, right? No, 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 no. Uh, my second book. Cause I know we've discussed this in brief. Um, Talk like Ted. Yeah. Talk like Ted, Carmine Gallo. That's a good book as well. I think it's very important to be articulate and to be able to articulate what you want to communicate to somebody in a friendly way. And so that book taught me a lot about stage presence, how to tell a story, how to keep people excited. And I really enjoyed that book as well. Cool. cool, cool. I want to say one last book and then I want to ask you about an author. So can't hurt me. So like I've seen the, the cover of this book and funny enough, um, I'm not surprised I thought this, but I actually thought he was a chef. Not knowing oh, yeah. that, not just based on the white attire that he was wearing, but not knowing that he was, um, I don't even know what he does. Actually. I mean, did he, did he, did he work in the army? Yeah, he was a Navy SEAL. I'm not yeah. surprised because I've seen maybe like Instagram videos of him running and giving motivational speeches. And it was only until today I looked at the cover and I thought, I know this guy. And then I put two and two together as to who he was based on the, the IG videos. So, I mean, what's that book about? Oof. That book's a really, really good one. That was one of my favorite books from last year. Uh, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins is really his life story. So he grew up um, in a really rough family. There was a lot of abuse and things like that. And there was also a lot of racism. He's African-American. And he grew up in the middle of the U.S. in uh, Indiana, I believe. And there was just a lot of racism. And then his family life wasn't good. And then he ended up coming out of high school. Uh, you know, like a low life. He was way overweight. He was like 300 pounds and uh, he was unhealthy and he wasn't making good money and he was just getting himself into trouble. So he joined the U S Navy, went through, um, he, he went through and became a Navy SEAL. And then it's just about his journey. Like he's done races where he's run over a hundred miles um, during his SEAL school he like broke both of his ankles and just kept taping them up every day and kept working. And like he would run until he was coughing up blood and stuff. That guy is crazy. Yeah. He but does. that mindset, 
you know, like that mindset's just to be able to ignore everything else, including your own physical pain and just push through it. It's, yeah. He's like the toughest guy ever. <laughs> he looks solid. I mean, I could, sorry, I could be wrong, but he, he could feature in another book that we've read, but I'll, I'll give it some thought afterwards. But the last thing I was going to say was Malcolm Gladwell. I mean, just him, him as an author. Yeah. He's an amazing author. Um, Malcolm Gladwell one of the first authors that I got into on audio. So my dad had all of like the physical audio CDs actually have some of them right here. They're not too far away. I just grab one. So like as an example, Malcolm yeah. Gladwell, and these are the physical audio CDs that you put in a car. And so four or five years ago, when I first got into audiobooks, I listened to all of his books and he's really cool because he takes data that that's, available to all of us but then he connects the dots different ways he leaves the insights that you wouldn't have thought of before so really interesting guy and he touches on a lot of different subjects and his newest book talking to strangers was really good too cool friend sure you had a question yeah. no i'm just gonna i don't know i've heard a lot about that the latest book that uh, malcolm Gladwell made my question was going to be, do you read one book at a time or do you read multiple books? Yeah, it's a uh, good question. It, it sort of changes. I try to read one physical time and then be listening to one book, right? So like I'll be reading a book before if I'm going out on a walk, I'm listening to a book. So those kind of like they're at the same time. Uh, as far as reading more than one physical book at once, I used to do that. Uh, if I got bored with a book or if I wanted to change things up, I would add one into the mix. But I pretty much read one book at a time. What about you guys? It's, I, I read multiple books. I read about three or four books at the same time. So at the moment, I'm probably reading... Yeah, I'm reading literally four books at the same time at the moment. But I'll just yeah. pick between... So if I read... So I read for about half an hour, hour of one book, then I might get bored then I'll switch to another book and just do it like that. Yeah, I actually, I like that approach. And the reason that I did it in the past is for the same reason. I'll get bored. But also, you can read two books about different subjects, and then they kind of like cross-pollinate sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah I like that too. Yeah. So do you have a preference for books in terms of fiction or non-fiction, or is it just whatever floats your boat? How do you... How will you go about selecting your next book to read? Is it recommendations? Will you be like, oh, that's like a cool title? How do you go about selecting your book? Yeah, it's a, that's another good question. It's a combination of a lot of different things. I read mostly nonfiction. Uh, probably 80% of the books that I read are nonfiction and only 20% are fiction. And even the 20% that are fiction are sometimes like business fiction or spiritual fiction, like The Alchemist or something like that that still brings a lot of value, but it's a fictional book. Um, I choose what I read based on a few things, like a, a specific outcome. So let's say that I want to get better at a specific skill because I'm aware of it, like public speaking. I would pick up and read a book like Talk Like Ted by mm -hmm. Carmine Gallo. Or if I wanted, if I, if I didn't feel like I was motivated enough, I would read Can't Hurt Me by David God. So sometimes it's based on that. And then sometimes it's based on recommendations. Like if one of my friends says, uh, hey, I just read this book, best book I've ever read in my life. You need to read this. I'll fit it in two or three books on the road. 
got you. And how did you come up with the concept? Because I, I know you, is your, your newsletter, is it digital or do you also do hard copies? How do you come up with that concept and what feeds into, what goes into your newsletter? Yeah, it's just, uh, it is just digital for now. And it's sort of a recap of my month. Um, people started asking me for it all the time. Like I'll get DMs all the time that said, Hey, I'd love if you did a newsletter. I'd love if you did a newsletter. So I've, uh, I've been trying to get them out monthly. Sometimes they go out every two months and it's just a recap of my last month. Maybe my favorite book, maybe my favorite new habit or lifestyle hack. Um, and then a summary of the different videos and books that I've covered so that you might get this email and say, oh, I missed that one on Instagram, but I really like it. And you'll click it and it'll bring you to Instagram to that video. So uh, right. it's just like a recap of what's going on. and Maybe what I'm excited to read as well. Uh, going back to Atomic Habits, not the actual book itself, but more just habits in general. Do you have a specific time when you read or is it just as and when? Yeah, I, I read mostly in the afternoon and in the evening. And then on the weekends, it's like right in the middle of the day. So I read every night before I go to sleep, no matter what. Uh, I make sure that I have enough time to get in bed. You know, I get everything else ready. I wash my face. I get in bed. And I have a little light next to my bed so I can literally read until I fall asleep. I just click the light off and put the book down. And that gets me away from my phone. It gets me away from distractions, the blue light. And so I do that like seven nights a week, even if I go out and I'm having fun. Like if I go out and I have a few drinks with my friends and I come back, like I'll still open up a book before I go to sleep, even if I can only read a couple pages because it gets me in the right mindset. It's like priming my brain. And uh, on the weekends, I like to sit down and read for three, four, five hours sometimes in a row, right in the middle of the day if I don't have anything going on. And so that's like, prime energy it's like workday energy but now i'm applying it just to reading so i get a lot of reading done on the weekends and in terms of where do you read do you do you prefer to read at home at a bookstore or a library i prefer to read at home right now um but my favorite place in the world to read is actually airplanes as funny as that is, uh, I love to travel. And for my work, I travel a lot. So whether I'm traveling professionally or traveling personally, there's nothing better for me than getting stuck on an airplane where it's too uncomfortable to fall asleep. And, yeah. you know, you're in the same place for two hours, five hours, six hours, whatever. And uh, I can always just get a lot of reading done on airplanes. That's my favorite place to read. What about what about the three of you? What's your favorite place to read? Um, I, I personally prefer to just read at home. Um, yeah, I used to. When I first started reading, I've, I've probably always read all my life. So libraries used to be a thing for me. I used to love going to libraries and getting new books and yeah. reading. But nowadays, yeah, definitely more at home. I'm going to say with myself, um, I think definitely at home as well. But I, there was a time when I was reading on planes, but um, I've now kind of turned to maybe listening to podcasts or something along those lines just to um, get through the time. Yeah. I think, I don't know, I, maybe I need to sort out my kind of life ensemble, well, my home life ensemble, but what tends to happen is I get most reading done on a train. If I'm kind of traveling in or out of kind of central London, that's when I, that's when I, 
I think that's probably the, the time when I get least distractions. And it's because you have no phone receptions going between stations. Um, yeah. You're traveling alone, so you're not going to speak to, or in amongst people you don't know, so you're not going to speak to anyone. So that's kind of, I think it's because it's least distractions. That's why I'll whip out the book. At home is a little bit more distraction. I need to really focus if I'm going to set, set aside time to read. So it's usually whilst I'm traveling in some kind of public transportation. That's the reason yeah. why I actually got an iPad, actually, because when I, was, when I wasn't driving, um, I didn't like the thought of carrying a book in my bag. And if I'm honest, in my bag, is almost like a, a pick and mix. You don't know what you're going to find in there. So I might have a, a bottle of water and it could go over my book. Not that it can't go over your iPad, but I mean, but at the same time, I don't know what I want to read. So um, that's the reason why I got an iPad. And that's why I stuck to buying ebooks rather than buying physical copies yeah yeah that makes sense with all the um you might come onto this but with all the knowledge you've amassed from the books you've read is there plans for a, a release of your own book one day and if so what subject might that be on could you give us that insight yes uh i think it'll be released it'll be a project for next year but i'll get a lot of it done this year too I think what I'd like to write about is 15 1% improvements that you can make to your life. And I'll call it something like, you know, you have an upgrade available or something like that. Oh, and it's okay. because I like, the, I like the idea that if you're fly, and I'll use a US example because I don't know Europe that well, but if you're flying from Los Angeles, California to New York City, but the nose of the plane is off by just 1%, when you take off, that as it compounds over time, you actually end up about 150 miles off course. And okay. so I think about that in terms of my routines every day. It's like, what 1% changes can we all be making? Like, it'll be very general uh, that if we implement these things, they're little, they're easy, they're 1% changes that 15 or 20 years from now, we'll all be so much better off. And so I think sometimes personal development is intimidating because there's so many different things. There's health and fitness and a million different ways to make money and a million different routines you can implement. And it's like, okay, well, let's just start with 15 of them. Maybe you open up the book and you're like, I only like two of these. So you just read those two chapters, but it'll be about really general uh, lifestyle changes that you can make. So I think that's what I'm going to start with. You made a very good point. I think you made a number of good points, actually. Um, but are you intimidated with how much information is actually out there in regards to actually learning and, learning and developing? Yeah, uh, I, I'm not intimidated by it. I like it because I've benefited from all of these books. I think it's very, very hard to stand out. So I'm interested in hearing more about your book. But uh, yeah, it is very hard to stand out. What's nice is that on social media, I have a really big following and I get around a million impressions a week on my posts. Okay. So I, I think that by the time I get that book out, I'll have a large enough audience where it can actually make some money uh, just marketing it within my own stuff. But yeah, I don't, I, I haven't, I'm not far enough into the process to know whether or not I'm going to self publish it or see if I can get a publisher. If I'm going to, try to drive ebooks or if I'm going to try to do physical or both. I don't really know yet. And uh, am I going to narrate the audible version? I'm not sure. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll be honest. I, haven't, I don't think I've actually used our platform to discuss actually whether I'm writing a book or not. But since you asked the question, um, no. So I am, yeah, I am an Uber driver and 
I've come across a wide range of people, but it's not necessarily about the people I've come across, it's about my experiences. And I made a decision to move to Barcelona and I used Uber as a tool to essentially um, plan my life and do things obviously around that sort of time. So I kind of document essentially my journey from London to Barcelona and everything I've learned obviously between being a driver, my experiences, and then moving to Barcelona and what I've decided to do with my life following being a driver or continuing being a driver. And are you in Barcelona now? No, I'm back in London. Um, back in London. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, I don't know. Fortunately, unfortunately, I'm not too sure. But I mean, no, I won't say fortunately because I'm back I'm home with family. Yeah. Okay, cool. I've got a question to put to you all. Um, it's something that I've had in other groups uh, of, well, other friendship groups that I've, I'm in. But it sparked up a good conversation. I mean, you've only got a little bit of time, so I don't want to press on to it too much, but uh, just everyone give their answer, then we'll, we'll move on. What would you choose between the options of one million cash, to hang out with the richest person on earth for three years, a 50% chance at winning 200 million, or a lifetime free traveling? I'll give Who's you the floor, Lee. You go, <laughs> the floor is yours. <laughs> oh, that's difficult, man. Because uh, I'm, I'm a, oh, that is, it's tough, but I proper value experience, isn't it? And honest, honestly, and being in the time we're in now, it's like, it's made, it's even in, it, like, oh, enlightened that further in that wanting to go out and travel. You, you won't know this, you won't know this, Nick, but in this period, I've been I've been unable to go on two holidays. Essentially, I was supposed to be going. I was supposed to go to Japan and then Me to the two. Yeah, I was supposed to go to Japan, come back and go to Netherlands, and like having enough, just enough to be steady, but then can travel when, as and when I want to. That's more important to me than having a bundle of cash and actually not having a kind of not having a kind of idea of what I love in life. So I mean, but now. As we stand French, I would pick the traveling, but at the same time, a lifetime of traveling is too much. Do you get what I'm saying? Because you said a lifetime of traveling. If you said a traveling, I don't know, for five years or whatever, I would have definitely said, yes, a lifetime may be too much because I wouldn't want to settle down. But I know that traveling and life experience means more to me than money. If I've got enough money to survive, to cope, to, to stay in good health, that's all I need. Anything excess is a bonus. That's just the way I view life. Cool. Big. Um, yeah, I, I would go for the traveling. The reason why I say that is because traveling. <laughs> I think that's where I've done the most of my learning, including, funny enough, obviously talking about um, our, our our next book, also, which is about obviously minim minimalism. So, um, yeah, mine will be lifetime traveling. It's where I've done the most learning, where I've learned to, um, to work around keeping things very, very simple, where I've met a lot of good friends, Etc. Etc. So I, I think I will do the traveling, and also I don't like the thought of centering things necessarily about money. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in the same boat, which is funny. We're all going to choose the same thing. French I, will. French will. I think I know what French will go for. I'm interested to see what you pick, French. I I love travel, and you know I I work so hard every day uh, for money. So for two reasons, one is to travel. But the other is security, you know, for myself, my family in the future. Um, and, and I think 
minimalizing stress. I like making sure that I live every day and I'm happy and fulfilled. A big way that that happens is through travel, but the other way that that happens is through managing stress, making sure that I never need to think about paying the bills. So I would, put, I would pick the travel uh, because that's where I also learn the most and that's where I find the most value through experiences. But if I had to pick a second option, I'd go 50-50 on the 200 million. <laughs> yeah, because that's, that's enough money great. to travel forever if I get that. Of course, of course. Well, I'll surprise you, Mace. I actually picked traveling. Traveling was my first option. Okay. Um, again, similar reasons to you guys. But I think for me, when it comes to money, money is a tool for experiences. So I would use money to travel anyway. So if I can have a lifetime of free traveling, yeah. I'll do that. For me, life is about experiences. Um, again, well said. Money is money's going to come and go. Your experiences, that's for life. That's that's priceless. Do you know what I would have said? Um, go. On. I would have said you would exp you would spend the three years with the with the millionaire. And I don't need to. The reason for that would to be would to be to gain their experience and knowledge. And it's not about the fact that it's not it's not it wouldn't be to do with money. It would be to gain their knowledge experience. So you can you can harness that and use it for your own benefit, because you're yeah yeah yeah. And I get that, but for me, I feel I read enough books. They like success leave clues. So there's enough yeah. books out there that I can I can pick. Like for instance, when I had this conversation in the first place, yeah. One of my mentors that I consider someone that's really successful is Richard Branson. Now I've read all of his books and. He's a billionaire, he's a millionaire, billionaire. I don't need to sit with him literally for him to tell me everything that's in his book. I can just read it whilst I'm traveling and still get the same knowledge that I would get if I was with him for three years. Hence to traveling. Yeah, but, especially um, if you like good. reading on an airplane, because you'll be on exactly. a lot of them. <laughs> Virgin Airways, sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, always on Virgin Airways. Maybe you'll catch Richard on a flight anyway. Yeah, yeah, or Neck, go, go visit him on Necker Island. That's a, yeah. that's a possibility. Um, before we wrap up, um, there's a game that we play. It's called Dope or Trash. Now, as you're an avid book reader as well, I'm sure you don't read, I don't, you don't judge a book by its cover. But we're going to flip that on its head, and that's exactly what we're going to do today. So I'm going to give you a list of names of books, and just based on their names, you have to take, say whether they're dope or trash. Okay, I'll play. You follow? I got you it. Follow? Let's do it. Yeah, I do. Right. I follow. Cool. To Kill a Mockingbird. Uh, dope. 1984. Read that book. Dope. Animal Farm. Uh, I've never read it, uh, and I've heard mixed reviews, so trash. I know all these books, but I haven't read all. Yeah, I'm sure you did. I'm sure you do. Uh, Pride and Prejudice. Oof, I've heard that's like a thousand pages long, so I'll just say trash. <laughs> I can't read that many pages. <laughs> the Diary of a Young Girl. That sounds dope. Cool. The Book Thief. I own that book, but I haven't read it yet. But because it has book in the title, I'll say dope. The Da Vinci Code. That was a good movie. 
That's a good movie, so I'll say dope. Eat that frog. Yeah, that's one that I've never read. It's by Brian Tracy. Uh, but mm-hmm. I've seen the cover, and it has a frog on it, so I'll say dope. The Old Man and the Sea. Sounds old. Trash. <laughs> the Worst Journey in the World. The Worst Journey? Yeah. Doesn't sound fun to me. Trash. <laughs> and the last one, The Book of Nicholas Hutchins. Hutchinson. That is the dopest book that's ever been written. Okay, okay. <laughs> that's all I like to hear. Cool. Yeah, that's the end of that game. So, yeah, that's just a quick um, game that we like to play. And, yeah, thank you for taking part. Yeah, cool, yeah, no problem. Well, it was fun talking to you guys. That felt like it, it was like three minutes. And it was quick. Yeah, yeah that's... that went quick. Do you want to um, just give the people, the people, the listeners and viewers, your social platforms if they want to hit you up, Nick? Yeah, across any social media, book thinkers. Uh, Instagram is my primary social media, but I'm everywhere. So check me out. Excellent. Cool. Yeah, uh, thanks for listening. Guys. Thanks for coming on, Nick. I um, really enjoyed, really enjoyed having a conversation with you, and hopefully we'll be able to, yeah, we'll be able to cross paths again. Whether you're in London, we're in Boston, or whether we we have another platform to to have a have a um, discussion over. Yeah, I'd love to visit you guys and hang out in person. I'd be, I'm sure we'd have a lot of talk to talk about, especially about travel. I know. <laughs> yeah, I think that- traveling. <laughs> if anyone wants to hit us up we are full underscore e underscore books on instagram facebook um and i think uh twitter um our email address if you want to be on the show or have any kind of discussion or feedback is full e that's the letter e books at gmail.com and we're also on all good other platforms because i can't remember youtube as well this will be on youtube this interview will be on youtube but yeah thanks for coming on thanks for taking the time out and yeah we really appreciate it coming on yeah thank you guys it was fun talking to you i think we're i think we're all gonna get along when we hang out in the future yeah for sure for sure all right take care guys take care